Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today, the game is different. I want to gamble. Gambling is a very serious business. Is that clear? Welcome to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you here deep from the swamps of Jersey. we got a great show coming up for you. The summer keeps rolling along and the news from the gambling industry is heating up. Lots of stories about casinos and sportsbooks and even some news about the World Series of Poker. Our next guest is going to update us on some of the important news stories that could affect anyone who visits a casino or places a bet. Coming up, we're talking with Brian Pempis from usbets.com and Better Collective. He's going to let us know about some of the top gambling stories from around the country. If there's something happening at a casino or a sports book, Brian probably knows about it. Brian Pempis is coming up next, so stick around. We'll be right back with House of Cards. Is your bathroom looking old and worn out? Want to update it, but you don't know where to start? Then let BCI Bath & Shower show you how to turn that old bath into an aisle of beauty and functionality. Our residential bathroom solutions provide the best value on the market, and our customer service is second to none. Our cost-effective BCI Bath & Shower family of products has what you need. Remodeling our bathroom was a big decision for us. They didn't make a mess out of our house at all. And at the end of the day, we had a beautiful new bathroom. And it was a great experience the whole way through. We have the best monthly payment programs in the industry, with payments as low as $68 per month, or no interest, no payments for 18 months. That's right. Get the bathroom of your dreams now and pay for it in 2021. Call 1-800-308-8291 for a free no-obligation price quote. That's 1-800-308-8291. When you want quality bathroom products at a great price, it's got to be BCI Bath & Shower. That's 1-800-308-8291. The Racing and Gaming Conference at Saratoga returns this August 16th and 17th at the historic Saratoga Racecourse in Saratoga Springs, New York. Held in the 1863 Club at the Saratoga Racecourse, the Racing and Gaming Conference at Saratoga is the premier national forum for industry decision makers, advocates, and patrons to discuss and analyze gaming trends in all sectors of the industry. Fourteen panels, over 40 speakers, all meeting for two days to examine the critical issues facing the gaming industry and share their ideas and insights. Register today at RacingAndGamingSaratoga.com to reserve your seat. And be sure and check out the website for full agenda and conference speaker list. The Saratoga Racecourse was named as one of the world's greatest sporting venues by Sports Illustrated, so don't miss out on participating in this premier event at this historic location. The Racing and Gaming Conference at Saratoga, this August 16th and 17th at the historic Saratoga Racecourse in Saratoga Springs, New York. Register today at RacingAndGamingSaratoga.com. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. 
Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. I'm talking sick piles of money. I'm talking lay on your bed in your Vegas room, throw the money in the air, and dance as it showers down on your money. I'm talking frosted glass limo money. I'm talking big cowboy hat, silver, turquoise buckle money. I'm talking gambling. I am in love with you. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaud with you. We are into the dog days of summer, but that doesn't mean news from the gambling world has slowed down. Some huge news has broken, especially from the world of poker. And as always, when we want to get to the latest news from the gambling industry, we turn to our returning guest who always knows what's going on from usbets.com and Better Collective. Brian Pempis is on the line with us right now. Brian, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Good morning. You know, Brian, I'm sitting here in New Jersey enjoying the World Series of Poker Online Bracelet Series, but that's not even the biggest story about the WSOP this summer. The One of the biggest stories is WSOP has gone live with their online poker site in Pennsylvania. For people in Pennsylvania who log on to the WSOP site, what can they expect to find there? Um, for right now, I mean, the traffic does seem to be a little bit muted because of what's going on elsewhere in the country with um, the states that have uh, liquidity sharing with the online bracelet series. So a little bit of a slow start, it seems like, in Pennsylvania. But, I mean, Pennsylvania is a major domino to fall for the online poker industry. Um, Pennsylvania was pretty hesitant, you know, to kind of start online poker um, with you know, coming a little bit later than online casino um, and, you know, online sports betting. But, you know, it's a huge uh, state, and once liquidity sharing with Pennsylvania, you know, kicks off between other other states that have online poker, that's a, a massive um, a massive thing to have happen. And you know, we're talking about Michigan coming online here soon as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about the online poker scene in Pennsylvania. Who are the platforms that are live right now in the state? Yes, yeah, so we got Poker Stars, which uh, was first. Um, and you know, they kind of had a, a jump start, a head start on the market. But you know, with with um, there being no liquidity sharing in the state, you know, um, I don't think everyone was, you know, other other rivals to poker stars were, you know, really um, rushing to get into to PA. Um, as we've seen with online poker since, you know, for for um, you know many years since uh, Black Friday a decade ago, um, liquidity sharing is really necessary. So, um, poker stars was first, and then you know you have BetMGM Poker and. Uh, now you have the World Series of Poker, so it's been a you know staggered um, kind of slow start for online poker in, in PA. But um, as you know, as liquidity sharing kind of appears on the horizon, I think you're gonna you know see a lot of activity pick up. And uh, you know, Michigan, uh, I always you know compare uh, Pennsylvania to Michigan because of um, you know they they began online poker relatively quickly, actually. 
You know, I'm curious, how was the rollout for WSOP in Pennsylvania? I I am scarred for life sitting here in New Jersey witnessing the rollout of online poker and online <laughs> casinos years ago. I mean, there are pro- there are problems with geolocation, problems with some of the banks. Were there any problems like that in Pennsylvania for the WSOP or am am I talking about problems that happened a generation ago and they're all worked out now? You know, I'm not really sure. Um, I have, I'm not on the ground in Pennsylvania. I haven't um, been using the sites there, but, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe, you know, a, a big issue with the traffic there has been, been those kind of things. Um, but, um, you know, you've, we've already seen that, you know, Pennsylvania's um, poker stars uh, Pennsylvania uh, platform has been really successful or, you know, relatively successful um, in the early going. So it, you know, it seems like people are, are able to, you know, access the sites and, and, and get their, you know, poker playing on without too much of a, a you know, difficulty, but it really seems like the traffic, uh, the limited traffic is, is what's kind of um, preventing it from really taking off so far. Now, Pennsylvania is a huge state. I mean, how important was it for WSOP to get into Pennsylvania? I mean, was that a key for WSOP? Definitely, definitely. Although it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't something that was in any in any doubt, I would say, um, but definitely a huge uh, state for WSOP. And um, you know, Pennsylvania was one of the states that was uh, pretty conservative with um, you know its interpretation of the Wire Act, um, the federal interpretation of the Wire Act um, under you know over the past like you know four or five years in terms of um, joining other states in liquidity sharing. Pennsylvania was very cautious. Um, you know, Nevada, New Jersey. And Delaware already had liquidity sharing for for the WSOP platform. So, um, you know, Pennsylvania, when when the Wire Act, you know, sort of um, came back into the the throng of things, or you know, um, became a little bit of an issue. Pennsylvania definitely um, kind of pumped the brakes on liquidity sharing. But with with uh, a new you know administration in Washington um, and a new DOJ um, kind of you know working with that, it, 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 Pennsylvania is a is a huge uh, state for for WSOP to kind of. Uh, add to the mix and, and for other operators too, not just WSOP. Now, you mentioned the interstate compact, which New Jersey, Nevada, and Delaware enjoys. It's a shared player pool. When does Pennsylvania have plans to join a compact? And when they do join a compact, when or if they do join the compact, what will that look like for Pennsylvania? Um, timelines for, for this kind of thing are, are, are very, um, you know, kept. Uh, you know, kept out of the public sort of um, uh, eye, so to speak, you know, by regulators. They definitely um, don't give a lot of um, a lot of information about the, the you know, uh, discussions and negotiations uh, behind the scenes about this kind of thing. So we're kind of, you know, regulators, if you talk to a regulator, um, you know, regulators in Pennsylvania, they'll usually say, you know, um, you know, it's definitely something on the horizon, you know, something to that nature, but it's very hard to get any sort of definitive timeline um, from oper- from regulators on, on this um, issue. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's just going to be a, a massive influx in, in traffic. You know, you're going to have access to um, more cash games yeah. uh, that are running around the clock. You know, that's a, a huge thing. You know, people, online poker, you know, is, is one of those things that people fire up, you know, maybe for 30 minutes to an hour after they get off work. Um, after working like a second shift or, or whatever, you know, yeah. <laughs> playing at all hours of the day. So really having that robust cash game scene, um, traffic to, uh, f- you know, have tables uh, relatively filled uh, throughout the, the course of the day is really important for 
perverting people um, online. So, you know, online poker really needs that 24-7 sort of cash game action. And, um, you know, tournament prize pools, the bigger the better. Um, you know, they if the bigger they grow, the more, you know, money will be spent on advertising them too. So it's kind of like a, a snowball kind of effect. And I think it's, you know, it's really good when, when the, the prize pools can be, you know, um, larger and, and guaranteed and, uh, you know, it just brings more people on board. You know, you see big numbers like, a million, you know, guaranteed prize pool, but, you know, these big, bigger numbers, you know, that we've, we were really used to, you know, used to seeing back in the heyday of online poker, right? Um, yeah, once those yeah. can kind of start to return um, under, you know, um, liquidity share, liquidity sharing with more states, I think you'll really see the game, you know, start to grow and, and come back. I think we're, we're, we're getting there. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 800-919-6011. 800-919-6011. That's 800-919-6011. 800-919-6011. United we stand having a rough morning after a long night out that's why there's morning recovery morning recovery is the flagship product of more labs and it's scientifically engineered to outsmart rough mornings use promo code radio 15 at morelabs.com and get 15 percent off of your first purchase of morning recovery or any of their other great products that's radio 15 at morelabs.com to take advantage of this great promo of 15 percent off of your first purchase Morning recovery from More Labs, so you can work hard, play hard, and live life without compromise. You're listening to House of Cards. Check out our website at houseofcardsradio.com. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Brian Pempis from usbets.com and Better Collective. You know, it's interesting. I, I mentioned here in July, we're recording this in July, New Jersey has their online bracelet events for the WSOP. And uh, they announced in Pennsylvania the bracelet events will be in August. I mean, I know a lot of people who, who travel to New Jersey to play in the WSOP events. And they also told me that they're traveling to Pennsylvania to play in those events. I mean, this seemed to really work out well for the WSOP. Do you think that the WSOP will have these staggered bracelet events in the future? I mean, New Jersey Jersey one month and Pennsylvania the next month? Or do you think once Pennsylvania becomes part of an interstate compact, these online 
events will take place all at one time? Yeah, I think they'll all take place at one time, especially for like, you know, prestigious sort of uh, branding yeah. uh, events like a bracelet or a ring, you know, an online ring or an online bracelet. Um, I think they'll still be lo- like um, a Pennsylvania, maybe um, um, uh, specific tournament. I think, you know, having like a state champion uh, of an online poker series, I think is always going to be good marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Just to, yeah. to, you know, say someone, a player is a, uh, a champion of that online poker series for that state, I think is always going to be attractive. Um, so, I think you'll see that, you know, definitely the, the big um, nationally kind of, uh, you know, ones that kind of make sense branding wise nationally, uh, more nationally will will definitely be um, simultaneous. But I think, you know, you'll always have those um, those, you know, state specific tournaments to really kind of get that going. Now, as you mentioned, WSOP.com has plans to go live in another state, and that state is Michigan. What's the latest news coming out of Michigan? I mean, when when can they expect to play on the WSOP there? Yeah, so it's been rumored for for quite a while now um, that it's going to come this summer, and that definitely uh, drives with you know what we've seen. Um, you know, uh, Michigan uh, kicked off online poker relatively quickly. You know, after uh, you know in very short order after the other online um, uh, you know gambling options. So I think um, you know the WSOP doesn't want to be too far behind its competitors. There, you know, the same competitors that it has in Michigan, Poker Stars and BetMGM Poker. Um, and I think, you know, I think uh, if it doesn't come this summer, you know, it's, it's fluid, you know, with online poker launches we've seen over the years, you know, um, you can never really guarantee a launch is going to happen when it's expected. Um, but I would definitely still expect it to happen this summer in Michigan. But if it doesn't, um, you know, I'm not sure if the if the World Series of Poker would want to launch its online site in Michigan, you know, during its live, you yeah. know, flagship event in Las Vegas uh, this fall. So, um, maybe that would would delay the Michigan launch to you know later in the year if, if it didn't happen this summer. Um, but I, I still uh, believe it'll it'll happen this summer, and it'll probably be one of those things where it's like a an announcement that kind of comes. Um, you know, it'll feel like it's coming out of the blue, but it's really not. <laughs> um, so I think you know any day you could potentially hear an announcement about um, the World Series of Poker in Michigan, and and you know hopefully that happens, uh, and you know maybe give people a chance to uh, qualify for, you know, live events out in Las Vegas uh, this fall. You know, you, you mentioned the live version and uh, you, you, I know you've done some reporting on the WSOP in the past and um, I, last year's live WSOP was canceled because of COVID. What do you think the players should expect from the live WSOP this year in Vegas? Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, there's been a little bit of a, you know, uh, renewed concern with yeah. with the COVID um, variants out there. So I think you'll probably see, you know, I think when it was uh, first announced the schedule earlier this year for the fall series, you know, uh, it probably didn't really think a lot of people would be wearing a mask, but I would, I would probably guess that there'll be plenty of mask wearing there, even people who are vaccinated um, just to be safe. But I don't, I don't know if the world series of poker is going to require anything like that. I haven't heard that. And I, I doubt that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think um, it's, it's hard. To, it's really hard to guess what kind of turnout they'll have. I, I imagine it'll be it'll be popular, maybe not all time highs in terms of uh, prize pools and participation. But, you know, they have I mean, they have um, 88 events scheduled. Um, right. So it's going to be the biggest um, on paper, the biggest series um, they've had. Uh, yet, right? So it's going to yeah, be, yeah. Um, you know, they're going all in uh, to use a poker term. They're definitely going all in. And I think. Um, you know, it's it's definitely uh, it's nice to see a poker tournament held 
the World Series of Poker held in Las Vegas, you know, outside of the summer months, that, you know, the dog days of summer when it's super hot in Las Vegas. So I think, you know, you might see more people want to travel there and play, you know, in September and October, um, you know, into November because of the weather. It'll be cooler. Um, that's sort of the during football season, um, right? You'll have more people in town for for NFL games, right? Betting oh, on absolutely. NFL games Sports in California. Betting is going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, sports betting. So I think overlapping with NFL is going to be a really, you know, we haven't seen that. Um, I mean, I can't even recall if um, way back in the day, you know, um, with the World Series of Poker overlapping with football. But um, you know, this is definitely in the modern sort of era of online poker, you know, this is um, sort of a first, you know, seeing football and the World Series of Poker, uh, sports betting with football overlap with the World Series of Poker. So I think it'll be a, it'll be a, a good thing. Uh, it'll be a really interesting thing to, to look at. Moving on to another story, but still sticking with the world of poker, uh, you know, I'm in New Jersey now, but I have another law office located near Boston, and an issue arose where a couple of casinos in Massachusetts seem to be reluctant to bring back poker. Um, before we take on that issue, for people around the country who are not familiar with the Massachusetts gambling scene, can you tell us something about it? I mean, it's basically three casinos, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's... um. Yeah, it's a relatively limited market, um, you know, in terms of the the gambling uh, options in terms of, you know, casinos. But, you know, that the region as a whole definitely um, has plenty of gambling options. You know, I, I don't I don't live in that area. I, I don't really um, know the traffic uh, issues there that well. But, I you know, I know, like, um, you know, even traveling to a casino pretty close by could be a quite a trip, right, with your car. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, having having those casinos, um, you know, in, in state where uh, was a you know, I, when I was covering those, it was always you know talking about in the convenience of having casinos close by, so you didn't have to travel as as far to to play. Um, so you know, um, I I mean, the casinos there were highly anticipated, right? There was a kind of a long process yeah, to bring yeah. them to fruition, and uh, you know, and the poker room especially, um, you know, covering the process of 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 the bidding and and all that for the casino near Boston, um, poker was always kind of a um, a, a major kind of theme to to that, and not just because I cover poker and, and focus on that, but it seems like you know generally, um, you know broadly, you know poker was that poker room was very anticipated, um, and um, so and 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 the one at the one in um, at the MGM casino, you know less so because it's not you know near as big of a market, but in the you know the encore poker room definitely was um, was a, a big drawing uh, factor that I you know that I kind of um, covered in the early days of that casino coming to fruition. Well, the issue right now really involves two casinos, the MGM Springfield and the Encore Boston Harbor. What is their position when it comes to poker? When it comes to uh, live poker? Live poker, um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, I feel like we don't know everything what's being discussed behind the scenes. You know, they <laughs> talk about, um, you know, space for, for slots, you know, and, uh, but, you know, it's, it's always kind of confused. It's always kind of like I always don't know for sure if, if you really need to needed to you know put slots in a poker room um, long term if that's really if that really maximizes um, mm -hmm. you know revenue for the gaming floor um, you know if you could find some other way to put the slot machines in somewhere else. But I'm not sure exactly you know what they're dealing with in terms of um, social distancing still with with um, through regulators. But um, you know it's. Um, I, you know, they're they're saying a regulator uh, at the meeting earlier uh, this month um, 
said that he thought it was because of sports betting. They're waiting to see what's happening with yeah. sports betting. So I think um, maybe there's some um, concern that if there's no retail sports betting, you know, the sports betting customer and the you know, the, the poker playing customer definitely overlap yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who, who do one do the other. So uh, maybe if, if, you know, the casinos can't have a retail sports book um, anytime soon, you know, poker doesn't really make as much sense, especially if, neighboring casinos elsewhere in the region have poker and sports betting sort of, you know, um, in tandem and, and maybe even in close proximity to each other, you know, on the gaming floor. Um, that's a, a big disadvantage for those casinos, for the casinos in Massachusetts. So um, I think, yeah, I think sports betting could be a, a big factor in all of this. Um, and, uh, and, I, and that's what uh, a regulator said. So, it, you know, um, they said they're waiting until the end of the year um, yeah, yeah. to decide about poker. Um so that's sort of uh, maybe they're trying to put a little bit of, of subtle pressure on you know policymakers to get something done with sports betting this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be a, a thing going on. Um, you know the regulators have been uh, apparently fielding a lot of complaints about about the poker room not reopening, and that's really picked up this summer. Um, so I think they're you know regulators are definitely um, aware of it and kind of looking at it, and uh, so it, it might you know send a um, might have that effect in terms of you know. Um, being a part of the conversation for for getting sports betting done because um, that's a uh, poker yeah poker and sports betting go hand in hand yeah okay hold that thought we're gonna take a quick break see you on the other side Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, BABE16, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy, and Six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, Mm. and even blow you away. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. Go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus the 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code BABE16. That's BABE16 because without it, no free stuff. That's BABE16 at adamandeve.com. It's getting warmer outside, and the action is really starting to heat up on the tables at Party Poker in New Jersey. Sign up with code EXIT7A and take advantage of Party Poker's new sign-up offer of $25 free, plus a first deposit match up to $600 and start playing poker online today. Daily tournaments, cash games, sit-and-goes. The Party Poker U.S. Network offers players an opportunity to participate in their favorite poker tournaments online every day, all day. And don't forget about their Sunday tournament featuring $35,000 in guaranteed prize money. So head on over to mj.party.com. PartyPoker.com and sign up today with our promo code EXIT7A. New customers get $25 free when registering, plus you also get a first deposit match up to $600. That's code EXIT7A to get your $25 free when registering and your first deposit match up to $600. The cards are in the air at PartyPoker.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 and over and located in New Jersey. New patrons only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare Benefits Line now. It's easy. Call 800-217-1797. 800-217-1797. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-217-1797. With some of the best promotions and offers in the sports betting market, PointsBet simply stands out. PointsBet is the only U.S. online bookmaker to offer points betting, where every yard, every point, every goal, even every play matters. Same gay parlays, good karma payouts, early payouts, and exclusive game day promotions and guarantees for all sports. PointsBet offers more bet types than any other bookmaker in the world, offering a unique set of markets that aren't available anywhere else. And now PointsBet is offering one of the best sign-up offers in the sports betting market today. New customers signing up with code BET21 receive two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Get up to $500 back if your first fixed odds bet loses, and up to $1,500 if your first points betting bet loses. That's code BET21 for two risk-free bets up to $2,000 at PointsBet. PointsBet, it pays to be fast. Must be 21 years or older, and in New Jersey, the place of bet, terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave Weishat from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of July 26, 2021. Atlantic City Casino set a new monthly record for gross gaming revenue in the month of June. The Garden State Casinos reported more than $345 million in revenue last month, a figure nearly four times the amount recorded in June of last year. Adding in New Jersey racetrack and sportsbook revenues to that amount, the total revenue for the month of June added up to over $392 million. FUBU TV subsidiary FUBU Gaming announced a market access deal with the Cordish companies for the state of Pennsylvania. The deal provides for statewide mobile access for FUBU Sportsbook as well as FUBU's iGaming platform. The agreement with Cordish brings FUBU Sportsbook to its fourth state following market access deals for Iowa, Indiana, and New Jersey. And finally, if you're in Las Vegas and you want to have a memorable steak dinner, you might want to stop by Wally's at Resorts World Las Vegas. The restaurant has one of the most expensive steak dinners being sold. The steak, from Fleischer's Craft Butchery in Brooklyn, New York, is a bone-in porterhouse ribeye dry-aged 195 days and served with a black truffle bordelais sauce. The price of the steak dinner is $20,000. That's one heck of a dinner. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. 
You're listening to House of Cards. Your Majesty, the royal wrestlers await. I'll bet on the little guy. How much? 3,000 guineas, two geese, and a duck. That's a foul bet. Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishato with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Brian Pempis from usbets.com and Better Collective. I, I can tell you as a gaming attorney, poker is not the favorite topic of a lot of casino management across the country. It's a lot of people feel it takes up space. The overhead is high when you have to hire dealers and staff. I mean, I know casinos mm-hmm. want people playing the slots, which account for like 88% of a casino's revenue. I've never been to the MGM Springfield room, but I was at the Encore Boss room, and I know a lot of people thought it was much too big to be profitable. I mean, for people who don't know, casinos use the equation that if you're going to take up so much space, you have to make the casino a certain amount of money. I mean, sometimes it gets a little more complicated than that, but that's basically the gist of it. Is a scaled-down room a possibility for these two sites? It seems like it, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I guess... You know, 74 tables for the Encore Boston Harbor, you know, might have been a little bit yeah. uh, bullish, maybe <laughs> maybe too bullish on, on live poker there. I mean, maybe if you have online poker in the mix in Massachusetts, then it'll make sense. You know, um, people think of online poker and live poker being in, you know, competition with each other, but they really go hand in hand as yeah. well. Um, you know, both both grow at the same time. You know, you have more people playing live poker if you have online poker. Um, so yeah, maybe with, you know, online poker available in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and, you know, coming to Connecticut, um, you know, maybe just a, a live poker room of that size doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, they definitely tried to make it, um, you know, state of the art, luxurious, um, you know, when, you know, when is known for having really, um, you know, well-made state-of-the-art oh, properties yeah. right in las vegas and yep. elsewhere it's um, absolutely so. it's absolutely beautiful don't don't get me wrong it's, it's absolutely a gorgeous room the encore boston but it, wow is it huge yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean they they definitely uh, mgm definitely or not mgm um yeah i mean mgm uh we're not not the owner of the uh, um encore casino but you know they they uh opened up a, a really large room you know uh near dc and that room seems like it's been successful uh maybe more successful than the one uh, that opened up uh outside boston so yeah maybe it's the the market maybe you know maybe they overshot maybe there's too much competition um elsewhere you know from casinos in in connecticut um i you know i know the it seems like from what i've seen online the poker room at foxwoods is doing doing pretty well uh you know back to back to you know being um popular and, and all that so um yeah, maybe yeah, maybe seventy four tables was was too small. I mean, it's really hard to imagine it not having a poker room. Um, that would, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't have um, access to all the, you know, the numbers, the the hard hard numbers that they've, you know, analyzed with their casino floor and its layout. But, um, but yeah, you would think that there'd be at least um, some poker going on. It's, um, you know, you definitely get people in the door with poker, you know, maybe a, um, one person in the family plays slots, the other person plays poker. So if you don't have poker, maybe the person that plays slots doesn't come in, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, a smaller room would definitely, um, be the more likely option. Uh, you know, it's hard, I think with what we've seen so far, maybe, but maybe if they're sports betting, you know, maybe if they get sports betting done, they'll, they'll, um, you know, not shave off too many tables from the poker room. 
what has been the Massachusetts Gaming Commission's position on this issue? I mean, how how much authority do they have to compel a casino to offer poker? It doesn't seem like, um, from what I've gathered, much much um, much power. And um, you know, I guess they could publicly kind of um, you know urge a casino to to kind of really look at it hard and and, and really you know not make any sort of um, willy-nilly decisions on it. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, for the, not that they would, but, you know, just kind of like, you know, you know, show to the public that they're, you know, listening to the complaints and the feedback. I think, you know, the regulators definitely want to seem like they're listening to, uh, you know, the feedback from the public, right. And, and, the, and customers in the state and, and all that. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't, I don't think that they can like, if they could tell Encore Boston Harbor uh, that they that they have to have their poker room, you know, it was pitched in the early um, plans, you know, um, and uh, and all that. But I think, you know, if it really doesn't make sense for the business, I think, you know, there's nothing the regulator can can do about that. I can tell you, I was talking to a lot of lawyers about this, and the legal community is looking at this situation very closely for the issue of how much power a gaming commission has uh, toward a private company. I mean, if if poker costs them profit, how will this not only affect, you know, the people of the state, but how will this affect the casino's shareholders? I mean, they have stockholders where they have a legal obligation to maximize the profit. Uh, so uh, I, do you think this issue will continue? And do you think other states are looking at this and are saying, you know what, maybe our commission has limitations on what we have to tell a casino to do. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that's really interesting. Uh, I think maybe if you really kind of were able to determine that it was being used as a bargaining chip for, for, uh, additional legislation, like it wasn't that poker wasn't, um, feasible, like they, they could definitely do it and it wouldn't, um, make, it wouldn't be, it would still make financial sense to have it, but it was used as a bargaining chip for maybe additional, uh, expansion of, of gambling, um, like you know, sports sports betting, like we talked about. Um, then maybe, yeah, maybe there's there's um, you know, people take another look at that um, because you don't want you don't want casinos anywhere really uh, to be you know withholding anything that the, they had sort of promised the public when sure. they were applying for the license, right? Yeah. Uh, to be kind of withheld as a bargaining chip for for you know additional uh, approval for for gambling in other ways. So. Yeah, I think if, if if that kind of is able to be distilled out of the equation and, and it's kind of more determined, you know, if, um, what the regulator said, you know, the regulator with the MGC uh, saying that it was because of sports betting, you know, maybe if, if poker is not, you know, not um, not there in the equation next year, um, you know, maybe they'll take another look at that. That's a really interesting um question you know you you raised it and a lot of people are raising it are are the casinos using sports betting as their leverage you know you know well look poker's not giving us a lot of profit but sports betting will maybe we'll bring back poker but let's see what sports betting is doing certainly the casinos can't come out and say it like that but is that what's Mm -hmm. happening right now you know it kind of of feels like that in in, in this case for sure yeah it's um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, especially in a case like Massachusetts where sports betting has stalled, right, for a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting the, getting the public engaged and, and contacting 
um, you know, their policymakers, their local representative or the gaming commission um, about their kind of unhappiness with kind of the state of the casino industry, right? Their general sort of uh, displeasure with with how things are um, can can you know put pressure on people. I, I think that that can definitely be part of it. And, and I and, you know it, it's hard to really say for sure, but um, that would that would make sense. I mean, I, Massachusetts kind of you know the home of DraftKings. It's kind of yeah. remarkable, right? In a way that it doesn't have um, legal sports betting yet. So and I know there's it's a complicated policy issue there, but. Um, you know, it shouldn't be right. It, it's kind of, um, I would definitely have expected Massachusetts to have it, you know, earlier. So, um, you know, I guess the pandemic, you know, the pandemic situation with, um, with, po- with poker, you know, um, mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about this, but poker is a very, you know, probably the worst game in the casino, right. For, <laughs> yeah, for right. um, playing, you know, operating during a pandemic. It so, is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not know, conducive I, to that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you use the cover of COVID to, um, to kind of uh, withhold poker, to kind of put pressure on, on you know, state officials to kind of, um, you know, kind of really uh, tackle this this gaming issue that's been lingering there, you know, with sports betting and and all that. So yeah, I think that is definitely a, a really, um, you know, very possible kind of um, behind the scenes kind of back and forth going on or or dynamic. Well, I, I want to get your opinion on something that I've talked to a lot of people about. In, in your opinion, is sports betting a real threat to the future of live poker? I mean, I've seen it in New Jersey where the Golden Nugget and Atlantic City moved their poker room to make room for their sports book. I think they moved it upstairs. I know Parks Casino in Pennsylvania opened up their sports book and moved their poker room. I Look, even on this show, casinos who were advertisers on their poker operations asked if we can switch over to their sports betting commercials. So, I mean, is there a threat? I mean, no one's really saying sports betting is taking the place of live poker. Poker, but is it cutting down a casino's option on whether to offer sports betting and live poker? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I mean, I think because because of um, online sports betting being, you know, sports betting like the poker boom ended, and now we're in a sports betting boom, right? So yeah, yeah. you know, you look at headlines, just like um, media coverage in general, sports betting versus poker is just uh, sports betting is way bigger, way more popular, just in terms of word of mouth, online conversation. Um, so I don't, you know, I think if once there's a, a, a real resurgence in poker with, with on, the online component in the mix, I think, um, sports betting is not going to give that appearance of, of kind of pushing poker to the side. Yeah. I mean, definitely that's happening now for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but it, it makes sense. I mean, they're both very similar amenities, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, um, you know, in this, in this quest to, you know, acquire new customers for sports betting, you know, it's like, you know, had a choice between a, a, a person, you know, um, you know, sports betting or playing poker, you know, maybe, maybe they spend a little bit less on sports betting, but, you know, there's more, um, you know, more to be gained by, you know, that customer um, through sports betting, right. With, with yeah. the, the popularity of it, the online uh, uh, part of it in the mix too. Um, so I think, yeah, I think sports betting is definitely, um, sh- you know, definitely pushing poker to the side right now, but, I think that's really because of the online component that you that you don't really probably you know feel really is going on when you're you know at the casino seeing these things you know these changes. But I think the online situation is a is a big part of it. Do you think the situation that's happening in Massachusetts? 
could affect decisions around the country. Do you think a lot of casinos are looking at this and saying, you know what, poker's not really bringing in enough money for how much room it takes up in our casino. So let's see how Massachusetts deals with it, and then we can decide on our own what we can do with live poker. Do you think other states are looking at Massachusetts as a guide in this situation? Mm, that's a good question. Um, yeah, perhaps. I mean, I know like there definitely are other states with, with poker rooms that are still closed. I believe there's a couple poker rooms in, in uh, West Virginia that are still closed. You know, they have sports betting down there as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, Boston is a, is a big city, right? So if, if another state doesn't really have a casino, um, maybe if their casinos aren't, you know, confined, I guess, to like, you know, the bigger cities, maybe that's a different dynamic where mm-hmm. it's not as um, good of a, of a comparison or kind of a good, um, as good of a model to kind of look at with what's going on in Massachusetts. But I think that's definitely true to some extent as well. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, like I was saying before, I think I wrote in my article about this, like poker across the country, you know, there are poker rooms that haven't reopened, but Massachusetts definitely um, has the most high profile situation going on because of of how popular those rooms were kind of billed as, right? Uh, were kind of expected to be, yeah. and 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 definitely the 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 public sort of uh, backlash to those rooms not reopening. So I think, I think yeah, I think it could be uh, a little bit of an industry sort of um, the industry sort of looking at that um, situation probably as a maybe as a bit of a guide. But as we were you know talking about, it could be um, maybe more unique though with the sports betting, you know issue going on behind the scenes. Maybe it's not as, as relevant for, for other states that have, you know, online sports betting and, and all that going on already. For Massachusetts, give us a time frame when you think this issue will be decided. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and say this year, but, you know, it's, it's hard to say. Um, <laughs> I, would, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like some states will seem like they're dormant and then, you know, all of a sudden the ball, the ball will, you know, get rolling real fast. I mean, Ohio yeah. sort of like that too, where it's like, um, you know, it's been kind of teased and teased and teased, and then maybe just all of a sudden this fall, you know, when they start working on it again, it'll it'll just you know pass, and that'll, that'll be that'll be it, and the ball will be uh, you know the ball will be rolling. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would say um, this year or or next year. I hate to um, be bad at handicapping, uh, you know, this kind of thing, but I think uh, you know. And maybe maybe we'll look back and you know say this poker situation, the, the poker live poker um, situation in, in Massachusetts was really kind of a good thing to kind of you know push the uh, the policy uh, change. So maybe you know maybe maybe it'll it'll all work out in the end. Maybe by January we'll be really happy with everything. Okay, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Are your deductibles too high? Or are you completely uninsured? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Healthcare Help Desk can help you now when people need help the most. Health insurance laws and rules have changed. If you have Obamacare, are uninsured, or your premiums are too high, call Healthcare Help Desk. It's free. New healthcare plans are available, and you may qualify for dental coverage and lower copays and deductibles. 
Make the free call now. Top quality coverage at the lowest prices anywhere. You may be paying too much and not even know it. In these troubled times, health care is more important than ever. Don't let another day go by without health insurance. Policies are being offered with very low copays and deductibles. So if you're uninsured, underinsured, or paying too much, call Health Care Help Desk. 800-329-7906. The Racing and Gaming Conference at Saratoga returns this August 16th and 17th at the historic Saratoga Racecourse in Saratoga Springs, New York. Held in the 1863 Club at the Saratoga Racecourse, the Racing and Gaming Conference at Saratoga is the premier national forum for industry decision makers, advocates, and patrons to discuss and analyze gaming trends in all sectors of the industry. Fourteen panels, over 40 speakers, all meeting for two days to examine the critical issues facing the gaming industry and share their ideas and insights. Register today at RacingAndGamingSaratoga.com to reserve your seat. And be sure and check out the website for full agenda and conference speaker list. The Saratoga Racecourse was named as one of the world's greatest sporting venues by Sports Illustrated, so don't miss out on participating in this premier event at this historic location. The Racing and Gaming Conference at Saratoga, this August 16th and 17th at the historic Saratoga Racecourse in Saratoga Springs, New York. Register today at RacingAndGamingSaratoga.com. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. You're listening to House of Cards. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Welcome back to House of Cards. Dave Weishaddle with you. For those of you just joining us, I am talking with Brian Pempis from usbets.com and Better Collective. And speaking of sports betting, a huge sporting event is coming up, and that's the Olympics. That's something I've never bet on, but according to the American Gaming Association, a lot of people will be betting on it. Uh, A report just came out from the AGEA revealing very interesting things about betting on the Olympics. What did that report reveal? I think the, the the headline number was uh, 20.1 uh, million people will bet on the Olympics, which, um, yeah, it's a, that's a, it seems like a good number. You know, mm-hmm. the Olympics are, are kind of a, a fringe a betting activity, right? Um, even Las Vegas had a lot of um, sort of restrictions on it. It was sort of 
uh, kind of flirting with it, not really all in on Olympic betting, you know, before, um, before 2018, before the, you know, the, the big uh, Supreme Court ruling that opened up the floodgates for other states legalizing sports betting. So Nevada was always sort of like not super into it. It wasn't like a, ever a big money maker out there either. Um, and, uh, but, you know, 20.1 million people definitely kind of shows that it's, uh, on the minds of people. Um, you know, the, the AGA said that 47.4 million people were betting on March Madness earlier this year. So, you know, the Olympics are about, or, you know, less than half of that, which, um, you know, you would think maybe, you know, um, a world, you know, an event that happens every four years that involves athletes all over the world with so many events would, would have more handle relative to March Madness. But, um, you know, March Madness is a, is a powerhouse sort of sporting event. So um, I think, you know, 20.1 20, 20. million people betting on the Olympics compared to nearly 50 million for March Madness. Definitely, I think it seems like, you know, like a a number you would kind of expect. Um, and that's, you know, that's a good amount. I think the what I really found interesting from that survey was the AJ found that uh, nearly half of people are going to be betting casually with their friends, which um, kind of reduces the the uh, you know the appeal of that 20.1 million bettors, right? That then includes a lot of people mm-hmm. that are not going to be betting through a, a regulated book, um, you know, betting with their friends at a bar on a <laughs> on a game or a track race, you know. Um, and uh, I think that I mean that 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 really sort of um, highlights this um, these efforts by you know DraftKings, uh, WinBet. Uh, other companies to really try to capture that peer-to-peer wagering dynamic, right? Like a social peer-to-peer wagering um, interest out there. You know, if half of people are going to be betting with betting with a friend rather than uh, opening up a, an app to bet um, on the Olympics, I think that that shows the uh, the innovation. Uh, another another evidence, another piece of evidence showing the innovation that's probably going to be coming with trying to make sports betting online, you know, more social, so to speak. We don't have a lot of time, but I certainly want to ask you about a very sad story coming out of the poker world. Six-time WSOP bracelet winner Lane Flack has passed away at age 52. Now, you've done a lot of reporting in the poker industry. Can you tell us a little bit about Lane and what his passing means to the poker world? Yeah, so Lane was a, um, you know, six bracelets in your career. Um, That puts him near the top of the all-time leaderboard. I mean, bracelets are still the most prestigious prize in poker, even though we're, you know, ways out from the, the poker boom of uh, roughly a decade ago, a little bit more than a decade ago, you know, um, his bracelet tally that he accumulated um, was, you know, will be impressive for quite a while until, you know, he, you know, keeps falling down the, the list. Um, but that won't be happening anytime soon because, you know, bracelets are pretty hard to win. So mm-hmm. his, um his six bracelets are going to, you know, keep him as a, a poker, you know, legend, uh, for, for a long time. I mean, I think he'll, he'll always remain like a, uh, kind of an OG, uh, type player. You know, he, he was probably at his peak in the, in the late nineties. And when, he, and when he won back to back bracelets in, in 2002, um, you know, he was regarded as a really top player in the late nineties. And I guess that sort of, um, he sort of, um, fell off that a little bit, you know, during the early part of the poker boom from, you know, 20, uh, 2003 to, you know, 2007, so to speak. And, uh, but then he won a, um, a big bracelet in 2018 for nearly $600,000. He won a, a PLO event, a, um, 
with a lot of players, you know, poker, the tournaments had exploded by then in, in terms of um, uh, prize pools and, 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 um, and turnout. So when he won that uh, PLO event in, 28, in 2008, uh, that, you know, proves that he was still a very relevant, dominant, you know, skilled player. And I mean, but even up until just um, a couple of years ago, he was still, you know, cashing in events um, in 2019 at the World Series, you know, the year before uh, COVID. Uh, he finished uh, 20th out of nearly 6,000 entries in the 1K seniors event. So I mean, he still had his, he still had, po- you know, had his game. Um, you know, that a deep run in that that kind of tournament of that size is very impressive. Um, so he, you know, he still was uh, a very skilled poker player up until the end. Um, he finished uh, 140th on the U.S. all-time money list. Um, at one point, he was 25th on the all-time money list. Uh, you know, years ago, before um, tournament prize tournament prize pools really exploded. Um, so, I mean, at his at his peak, at his the top of his game, he was definitely um, one of the best players in the world, at least for tournaments. Um, but I would say, like the the stylistic part of his game that really is uh, memorable is how kind of quickly he played. He was a very fast player. Uh, you know very talkative, very friendly, and he would play very fast. And um, Eric Lindgren, another poker player, another well-known poker player, tweeted the other day after Lane uh, passed away that uh, Lane didn't just win WSOP events. He took pride in having the winner photo taken before sun went down. <laughs> so uh, he definitely uh, was trying to get out of there quick. You know, he didn't want to <laughs> linger and, and, and grind it out, right? Um so he was a, a, a fast, um, you know, talkative player, and I, I think uh, he'll be remembered for that. It was, it was one one sad thing about um, another sad thing about this whole story is that uh, he uh, in April he tweeted, um, Wayne Flack tweeted that um, he was sad that his old friend uh, Gavin Smith, who passed away a couple years ago, mm-hmm. another uh, well-known poker player uh, during the, the poker boom years. Um, had passed away and, 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 and Gavin wouldn't be at the world series of poker this fall with Lane. Wow. And, uh, you know, Lane ended up passing away too, before the, the series, um, rolled around this fall. So definitely an unexpected death. Um, and, uh, he'll definitely be, definitely be missed. Um, so, but his, his bracelet tally, like I said, will be, will be hard. You know, it's hard to win a bracelet and having six of them, six of them will definitely keep him, you know, um, kind of a a big name in poker for for a long time, I would say. Absolutely, uh, Brian. We're running out of time, but can you give out your website or your social media address so people can keep up to what you're doing and check out your articles? Sure. So I, I write for uh, usbets.com uh, primarily, uh, and my handle is at uh, Brian Pempis on Twitter. Brian Pempis from usbets.com and Better Collective, thanks so much for coming back on and giving us an update about what's going on in the gambling world. You always give us some great information, so please come back soon and keep us filled in on the gambling industry. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Well, that'll do it for us this week. I'll see you next time on House of Cards. Across the desert
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.